0: Christo in Nashville, it's Brianna and Marcus, and this is Smoking Section. Here we
1: are on episode five, and I'm usually the one who introduces everyone, Mm. (laughs) but because she's a woman, from what she just
0: told
1: me, I'm going to allow her to introduce this one.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Marcus. I know that that was really difficult for you to do. It really is. It really is. (laughs) Y'all, I am so glad to have a woman on this podcast today. We have with us the beautiful, the badass, the talented Megan Patrick. Woo yeah. <laughs> she's looking dope. For those of you who are not uh watching the video right now, she's like out on her screen in port smoking a cigar <laughs> living life. She's
1: being a badass.
0: She is being <laughs> she's Seriously. being a
1: badass and I love it. I uh this is the first time we've actually like I guess <clears throat> a couple months we've talked. It's been a while. Um uh, by the way, for those of you who don't know, I'm going to put it out there. This is uh, <clears throat> uh, the retake. We had some yes. technical difficulties <laughs> before, and this is the retake. But I feel like this retake, I'm, I'm feeling good. It's going to be a whole lot better, and I don't know how we can top the one we had before.
2: <laughs> well, the good news is I'm still the exact same girl you talked to however long ago that was. So maybe, <laughs> maybe just... Um, Maybe like a little wiser. Who maybe, maybe, who yeah, knows? Yeah. <laughs> Probably not, though. Probably not.
1: <laughs> um, you are a three time Canadian Country Music Award- Association nominated winner actually a winner yeah winner yeah. <laughs> and you just won a, Ju- a juno award congratulations yes, on that Thank you. seriously Thank you so much
2: yeah I, it's funny because i mean a lot of my american friends don't know what the junos are so the best way to explain a juno to americans is it's it's our grammy it's our all genre whole country so i mean it's it's certainly one of the biggest honors you can you can get as as a canadian musician and um I'm very proud of it. It was it was weird though. I have to be honest. You know, it's one of those things you dream about your whole life. You know, the same way people here dream about getting a Grammy, and uh, you know, because of the quarantine, obviously they didn't have the the actual award show. They did like a live stream thing. So, I mean, obviously. I'm very proud and very grateful. But it's still, you know, part of it felt like a bit of a letdown just because it, I didn't get to go be on the show, walk up on stage and, you know, accept the award and say the acceptance speech and go to the after party. And like, I mean, I do appreciate that I didn't have to wear Spanx or high heels to accept my award. <laughs> but, you know, other still than reliable. that, it was yeah, but it's yeah, it's a little bit it's a little bit weird. It, it felt a little bit kind of Anti in some ways, but hopefully this won't be my last one. So I'll celebrate double
0: <laughs> the there next time. There you go, that's amazing. You're gonna have costume changes, whatever dress you're gonna wear this year. Yeah, can, like bring next year multiple yeah. dresses, freak everybody out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, so, so you are from Canada then? I am. Yes. What, what's raised. the music industry like out there compared to the states that you've noticed? Um,
2: well, I mean, I can't speak really for other genres. I've, I've really mostly just been in, in the country world and also a little bit like I used to play in a bluegrass band for a long time, so I was a little bit in the sort of bluegrass Americana world too, but... Mm-hmm. The Stone I mean, Sparrows. The Stone yeah. Sparrows, yes. The yeah. yes. Stone
1: Sparrows, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'll, I feel like it's. I mean, the the Canadian country scene is like it's. I feel like it's pretty tight knit, and everybody kind of knows everybody, and it's. I don't know. It's a it's a really good vibe. Um, everybody, I mean, what they say about Canadians is true. We're very nice, very polite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and we we all we all kind of support each other, and and. Uh, Look out for each other And yeah It's I, I love I love my Canadian country family When
1: I worked in customer service Um Canadians were the Ones I looked forward To getting cursed out by <laughs> Interesting <laughs> uh, Cause it Because it, For some reason Instead of like Feeling bad about yourself You like Felt in, It was like An endearment It was <laughs> It was like Oh you're a fucking asshole Oh okay <laughs> And like They said it with okay. a smile <laughs> Huh. I Like, it was like, oh, this company's such a piece of shit, you know? I just, <laughs> I just, I'm like, oh, you're absolutely right. Like, I,
0: <laughs> I will never forget. I watched this viral video of this dude riding a motorcycle. This was in Canada, of this dude riding a motorcycle. And all of a sudden, this car comes out of nowhere and basically almost takes him out. So they both pull over. And in, in, in the States, they would be cussing and freaking out. You almost killed me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, the guy who was riding the motorcycle who almost got killed literally went up to the car is like hey you you okay man you okay and then the other guy was like yeah i'm good are you good i'm so sorry he's like oh no it's no big deal they were just so nice i was like this is the most anticlimactic thing i've ever seen you just almost killed someone and he's asking that's if canada okay that's canada for you
1: <laughs> I, need to, I need to take a trip to canada seriously
0: yeah my I would... he loves it I
2: wish I could go to Canada right now. I haven't seen my family since, like, February. Sucks. Oh, the borders, are the borders, like, closed? Well, um, I mean, I don't know. I've been trying to... I I need to kind of check in on what the latest rules are. But um, the last time I looked into it, in order for me to go home, I would have had to quarantine. Like when I got there, I would have had to quarantine for two weeks, like by myself in in, like a hotel. Like I wouldn't even be able to go quarantine with my family. And I was like, man, I love my family, but I'm not trying to stay in a hotel room alone for two weeks. And I don't personally, I don't think that's any more like safe or sanitary than just going and being with my own family. Like I I fuck a host Cleaning
1: the, I feel like a cleaning the room? I, yeah, it's like a hotel's dirtier.
2: Like, who's cleaning the room, and who am I? Where am I getting my my food? I'm gonna have to order food and see different people and order food, and like they're gonna yep. touch the like to me that doesn't make any sense. Like, no, you should I be agree. able to just go be with your family. But I mean, I don't know. I think a, a lot of these rules don't make sense to me. But <laughs> yeah, definitely. what do I know?
1: What do we know? You know, they don't. So
2: are you are you close with your family then? Yeah. No, for yeah. sure. I mean, and I mean, even since I've moved here, I mean, I still saw them all the time. I mean, I mean probably at least once a month, unless, you oh, know, wow. I happen to be really busy. Well, cause I still, I still tour a lot in Canada mm-hmm. and especially through Ontario. I mean, that's where it's still like a big part of my fan base is. So, I mean, anytime I played anywhere close to my family, I would either, if I had a, a day or two off, I would go stay with them or they would come to wherever I was playing. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, especially like me and my sister are really, really close and, um, you know she has she she has a baby. Well, she's not a baby anymore. She's like two and a half. Um, my my niece Maisie. So, you know my biggest priority always when I go home is to see her because yeah. you know she's she's I mean she's talking a little bit. So I mean I can I can like sort of like FaceTime with her, but she doesn't really like get it yet. So yeah. mm-hmm. you know I can't. It's not like I can sit there and like talk to her and be like, so how was your day? Mm-hmm. You know. Whereas like at least you know my mom or my dad or my friends like I can talk to them on the phone. Yeah. and but with her like i just you know i want to be able to be a part of her life i want i want to be there when she's growing up and it's been really hard to watch her grow up you know through pictures and videos and stuff and not be able to be there it's tough
0: yeah i, I bet
1: yeah i, I don't know I, I mean i have i have a niece here i haven't been able to see her because obviously because of covid but she's she's in murfreesboro but just because okay. like i just trying to like i'm trying not to be selfish and be in, and like not if I may have it, because I've I've gone out, but I like every in spurts, um, and I just don't want to chance it that I don't have any symptoms and I'm still going to take it to yeah someone who just turned one or right her, or her mom who's pregnant with her, with her little sister, so it's like right just want to want to want to do that, and it kind of sucks how not kind of sucks, but it, it, in hindsight of this whole thing, it, it's made everyone value and really be, appreciate the time that they have with their families
0: oh yeah yeah
1: with the whole thing um yeah you know, you kind of and you kind of you get all the ones where you like, oh, I just can't stand going over there and seeing her. I really just can't stand it. It's like, OK, I kind of miss it now. Like, I kind yeah. of I kind yeah. of missed the pain. ass That I had. Yeah. <laughs> <So true. laughs> so that's, that's how it is. I mean, I, and I yeah. think, you know, I think that that's kind of a route that, that if it's not, it should be a rude awakening for a lot of people. In yeah. every country, not just America, okay. in, every, in every country.
0: I think it yeah. has been for sure. Like, we're, we're not allowed to see anybody. The people that you miss right off the bat is gonna be your family because you, yeah. Oftentimes, if you're like really close, you see them, you know, the most. I, I live, my parents live in Brentwood. So, yeah. It's been really difficult to know that they're a 20 minute drive from me. Yeah, I can't see them and it's like
2: Yeah, that's been the same with Mitchell's family. Like Mitchell's born and raised here, so his yeah. whole family is here and he has a huge family like not even just his immediate family, but like all his all his extended family and everything, his aunts and uncles, they all mm. for the most part live in in the area and yeah. um so yeah, it's been it's been tough and especially like for his mom as, you know, you guys know Mitchell lost his dad um, mm-hmm. a few years ago, so Debbie is you know kind of on her own for the most part and so we we would just like bring her our dogs <laughs> you yeah, know Be like here so here's sweet. something <laughs> to keep you company yeah. <laughs> like you know but I know Mitchell would certainly like worry about her being by myself and for me too my mother my parent, my parents are split up so you know my mom mm-hmm. is living by herself in Canada so thankfully you know she's got a few friends that I know are there for her and like keeping her company but I feel bad that you know I can't um, I camera. can't be there it's tough yeah.
1: So um, <clears throat> What age did you start Playing music
2: um, I mean Music I just all Like music was just kind of always a, a part of my life And I always kind of really liked singing But I started I guess taking it seriously When I was probably I want to say I was like 12 or 13 um, I One of my teachers like Heard me singing or something, and was like, "Wow, you've got a really great voice! You know, you should try out for our school musical." So I auditioned for the musical, and um, you know, that was kind of like the first time I think I realized, or even my parents realized, that like I had had a talent there. So my teacher had recommended me getting lessons. So I started taking singing lessons when I was about twelve or thirteen. Um, and I actually, I guess I, I had, even when I was young and like small, I had this really big voice. And so it, my teacher kind of started training me in opera. So I oh, studied wow. opera and I actually did, I can't remember how many levels I did in the, or grades I did in the conservatory. But I did do a few um, level, I, you know, studied the um yeah, like all the opera and theory stuff and did, did the conservatory thing. And then that led to, well, it was a little bit complicated. So like all through high school, I loved music and I was, I was like studying music, but I also was really into sports and, um, I was a competitive snowboarder. And at one point that kind of like started taking the priority. Like I was really, really focused on that. Um, and when I started getting later into high school, you know, I had my goals were kind of shifting to like, I wanted to go to the Olympics. That was, that was my goal. Wow. And I was training towards that. And I was, I was on the Ontario team, so our provincial team. And then when I was like 17 and I was in my senior year, um, I was competing really well. And, you know, my coach felt like I had a good shot on getting onto the national development team. And so I kind of had made a deal with my parents. Cause I mean, they wanted me to go to university. And <clears throat> so, we, um, you know, I we made a deal like if I that if I got onto the national development team that um, I could like defer college for a year and kind of like take a year to see how far I could go with that. <clears throat> so that was a plan. And then um, in my senior year, I had a really really bad fall and mm-hmm. broke my back. Um, Dislocated my shoulder, snapped my collarbone, like severe concussion. Like it was, it was serious. And truly by the grace of God, somehow I walked away from it. Like I probably should have been paralyzed. I mean, I was definitely, I was kind of like bedridden for definitely a few months. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even get up and piss by myself, you know? (laughs) So yeah, it was, it was rough. And honestly, the, the concussion part of it was was really bad too. I mean, I still get chronic migraines and headaches and mm. stuff because of that. So anyway, when all that happened, um, I mean, one, it scared the shit out of me because I finally realized that I was not invincible. Cause I think yeah. pretty, sh- I'm pretty sure up until then I thought I was, oh, <laughs> you know, I was, teenager, I was like, Oh yeah, I was a yeah. very, very reckless, um, very reckless teenager you know just I was kind of like balls to the wall all or nothing in everything I did and that slowed me down a little bit and scared me a little bit and I mean it I I was pretty heavily depressed you know when I was going through the recovery of all those injuries and everything I mean Mm -hmm. thankfully I was I was just thankful I was even able to finish high school um because I did have to miss a lot of school during that time and uh Sorry, I'm just letting my dog out. Um so but during that time, I mean, music was the only thing that kind of kept me afloat. I mean, that was I started I started, I mean, that's all I did was just like listen to music and and write lyrics and write songs and it kind of it kind of pulled me out of the depression and and helped me get through all of it. I mean, I still remember like the day I finally was they told me I was like ready to go back to school and I like I'd just been laying around and I had I had no appetite you know because of the pain and I was on all these pain meds and um and just being depressed too and I think I remember I like tried to put on my school uniform and it was just like falling off of me like I mean I think I I I think I remember weighing myself and I was like 115 pounds which is very 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 small for me (laughs) um and I just like lost all my muscle mass and like Uh it was just i felt like a shell of myself and so i really started digging more into music then and my parents and i talked and i just they they wanted me to go to college because i i thought i was like done with snowboarding so and i didn't know what else to do so i was like well i'm going to study music and in canada it's pretty much either it's pretty like traditional so you can study like jazz or opera and yeah. my voice teacher Um, felt like I should be an opera singer. So I was accepted to McGill University for their, their opera performance program, their classical performance program. Wow. And I went there and I did that, you know, I did my first year and very quickly realized that while I loved music and singing, I didn't really love opera. I wasn't really passionate about it. Um, yeah. And also I think just being around so many other musicians, you know seeing the other people in the opera program who were like I mean they live, breathe, sleep, eat, opera like that's their whole life and I didn't feel that way about it. Um, but I start I met some guys that were in the jazz program. And we started a band called the New Groove Orchestra, and we were at this ten-piece funk soul kind of thing. Yeah, it's yes. super, super different than like what I'm doing now. I went through a lot of phases. I've just loved, I've just loved every style of music you're sitting, in different phases. You're sitting here
1: telling me <laughs> about you doing opera. First of all, if you, if anyone ever meets Megan Patrick, it's like. You, the first thing that comes to your mind is, it's not opera.
2: No. <laughs> I know. Oh. It's like my it's like my dirty little secret, It's you
1: know? not opera. It's like, <laughs> I don't picture you in an opera, like, doing opera at all. Like, and
0: opera's hard. And opera's hard yeah. as shit. It is. It's hard. It is. I've done classical training. It is hard. Yeah. You know what, though? I'm really
2: glad. I mean, uh, they all, you know, they say, you know, bless the broken road or whatever. But, like, you know, I don't regret anything that I did because it all made me who I am now. And I and I'll say this, I mean studying opera, if you study classical music, you know, it gives you a very strong foundation um, just yeah. in terms of like your technique and singing, definitely. You know, I mean, and I feel I feel pretty positive that you know, had I not had that training, I mean, with all the touring I've done, I mean, it's really hard on your voice. And if you're not singing properly yeah. and you don't know how to take care oh. of your voice, I mean, it'll it'll kill you. I've watched a lot of my Absolutely. friends just like c- kill their voice, you know, doing all the touring and you don't sleep and you're you're singing in loud especially when you're just getting started and you don't really have like proper sound systems and you're like singing in loud bars and you're over singing and you're straining your voice i mean i i certainly i did it to myself you know in my second year when when we were touring a lot you know singing in in little bars that are loud also there's a five-piece horn section next to me just blasting away and i'm you know i'm the only singer and it was yeah. it was tough, and I think you know you you combine that with with all the partying and everything that goes with it, the drinking yeah. and, and all that. Yeah. And uh, I reached a point where um, I started developing nodes, and it scared oh, the shit no. out of me. You know, I remember waking up and I was like, I couldn't even like talk, Ooh,
0: and that's, that's when terrifying. I terrifying. It it
2: truly it, as a singer, there is not much more terrifying experiences than thinking you've lost your voice because yeah. You know for some people you may never get get it back what it was anyway and I mean certainly my voice has changed I mean I I haven't tried to sing opera in a long time I don't even know if I could there's a lot of smoke and whiskey on these vocal cords so you know which is fine which is fine for you know what I do but that kind of like that kind of kicked me in the ass a little bit the same way i mean this is how i live my life i push and i push and i push and yeah. i go until god or something else says whoa hold on whoa <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with you know with snowboarding it was breaking my back and having this like life changing injury and with music it was mm-hmm. losing my voice and realizing that like fuck the partying and the drinking like all I care about the biggest high the greatest buzz I will ever get is from being on stage and crushing yeah. it and yeah. singing and sounding the best I've ever sounded I want to put on a great live show for my fans I owe them that and I think like I feel like unfortunately with with all the technology now these days and, and everything that's available I feel like some live shows suffer and it's nothing more disappointing to me than when I go see someone live and they don't sound... Like the record, they don't even sound close to it, you know. And I want, I want my fans. One of the best compliments I've ever gotten from a fan is, "Wow, you you sound even better live than you sound on the record." And that is always that is like the the thing that I'm always aiming for is to sound better than I do on my record. And I can't do that, you know, if I'm out partying and wrecking my voice.
1: There, there are many, there are many uh, artists uh, that have that issue of not being able to sound like.
0: So many. Sound
1: like the album or even sound as good as the album.
0: Yeah. I know, yeah.
1: I know Brianna Brianna dated one, uh, but we're not going to say <laughs> I, any names. I, I,
0: I did. We're not going to say any names, but we are going to try and yeah. get them on the podcast.
1: We're, we're going to try him on the podcast. <laughs> but he... No, it's,
0: it's very true. And it's, it's really unfortunate because, you know, it just kind of goes to show how sometimes how little the talent actually matters. And it's about kind of yeah. like the whole package around it. And so to to meet someone who values like, hey, I actually want to give them not only as good as my record, but better. Like, yeah. thank you.
2: Yeah. No. And I mean, sometimes it feels like spinning your wheels. Like, you know, when you see artists who who can't deliver that live show, and it does, and people still. Yeah still buy the tickets and like don't seem to care and sometimes I'm like shit what why am I even bothering but you know what regardless that's that's just who I am and that's that's the the standard I hold for myself and I do feel like my fans appreciate that about me and the type of fans that I have um that's part of what they what they do like about me and that's what I think is so hard for me right now during this quarantine is like so much of who I am is tied into my to playing live Mm -hmm. and not being able to play shows right now you know even regardless from the money which like yeah that sucks too you know it's like it's kind of crushing my soul like it's like a piece of me is missing because i can't get up on stage like i could be having the worst day every single thing could be going wrong and when i get on stage none of it matters like yeah. nothing, nothing touches that moment. There is nothing that feels as good as being on that stage. And it's like every time I get up there, I feel like this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. God God wanted me to do this. This is my God-given gift. And this is, yeah. you know, this is what I want to do. And oh. this is what I'm good at, you know, and, and it's hard. Yeah. to, I can't get that feeling anywhere else.
0: Yeah, how are you combating that kind of it's, it's almost like a loss, really. It's it's yeah. It's like a it's a massive loss. How are you combating that during all of this? Like what are you doing to try and maybe get that same emotion and that same feeling of, of
1: joy that you get when you're Or, or to even stay sane.
0: To stay sane, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean
2: I mean, right now, you know, I, I've, I've been writing a ton. I've been doing a lot of writing. I mean, I've been writing almost every day, mostly um, like Zoom rights, unless it's like people that I'm like really close with and that I know, you know, and they're not they don't have, say, like family or whatever that's at risk and they feel comfortable. Um, yeah, it's mostly been like Zoom rights and stuff. And I mean, it's not ideal. You know, it's not the same vibe as as doing it in person, but I have gotten some really great songs. And it's also, it's kind of like the closest thing I can get to that high, you know, is is writing a great song. Um, I've started doing an Instagram live series um, where, like, I've been bringing guests on. And I think actually we've been talking about it. I'm going to start, I was doing it biweekly. I think now we're going to start doing it where every other week is a guest and every other week is just me and I'll just play some songs and hang out with the fans. And I'll be honest with you, I don't, I was kind of hesitant to do it because it's just not the same. And like, there's nothing more awkward than like doing an Instagram live and like playing a song and then you finish and It's just, You alone
1: in a room. There's no one like
2: "Ah." Yeah, there's no like I need to get like a like an audience track or something I can like hit for myself. Like you know. Please do that. Please Um, do that. I should do that. You should
1: totally do that.
2: Um but you know what, at the same time, like I I wanna I wanna be able to stay connected with my fans. I know that they they miss it, like the really hardcore fans, I know that they miss it as much as, as we do. And so I'm trying to you know, I'm trying to find ways to connect to still connect with them, but also like in ways that still feels authentic to me, you know, because I've just never been a big social media person. I actually, I look at it as kind of like a necessary evil. Like truly, if I was not an artist, I wouldn't have it. Like I hate it so many days for so many reasons. I mean, you know, one, I I get a lot of like haters and it's, it's like a rare day when I log into my social media and I don't have someone saying some shitty thing to me on social media or like something gross or, or just like, you know, and it's hard to most of the time, you know, I can just kind of brush it off. But some days, like maybe you're having a hard day and then you open up your phone and someone's like, your fucking music sucks or or, you look like a slut or blah, 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 you know, shit like that. Like, it's just, and it's so crazy to me that like, I just can't understand what would possess a person to go online and say that to a complete stranger. I guess you just have no, to be pretty no hurt sense. pretty miserable yourself to, oh, to say yeah. that to somebody, you know.
1: Absolutely. It, Absolutely. It, it's it's amazing to me how many uh, keyboard tough guys we have oh. in, <laughs> in the world.
0: I uh, mean the it's, it's, crazy it's terrible. Yeah. Like being a yeah. teenager, I, I I kind of did like the YouTube thing when it first started. And I I would get comments at 14 years old from these people that still to this day have like affected me. I mean there was there was a guy that mm-hmm. commented and said that I had the biggest nose he's ever seen and still I'm like, like why would you say that self-conscious about my nose and it's it's, it's from the from the I, age of 14. Personally I think your nose I
2: personally I think your nose looks cute as fuck I mean from where <laughs> well, I'm thank sitting thank
0: you I appreciate that that's <laughs> so sweet I wasn't doing that oh, a compliment. but <laughs> it's like just dude little things like that the fact that people oh yeah can just try and wreck someone for for what purpose they're just they're
2: unhappy people themselves and I have to remind myself that I mean I for for me like the hate that I get a lot of it is anytime I post something about hunting which I expect you know there's people Mm. that are against hunting and the funny thing is it's actually rarely people who are like vegans or vegetarians it's like people who eat meat and I'm like bro like where do you think (laughs) that makes sense where do you think your meat comes from (laughs) like do you think you're better than me because you just walked into a grocery store and picked up your meat in a shiny little package and didn't yeah. And like conveniently got to miss the part where that animal died, and probably died in a much more inhumane way oh, than when absolutely. I went out into the woods and shot it, you yeah. know. And absolutely. so I get I get a lot of hate for that, but I mean, I, honestly, the worst the worst of it for me was after the whole "Show Me Your Tits" <laughs> saga oh or whatever you want to call it, you know that video. And I'll say this too: I mean, I. Like I never, I wasn't even the one that shared that video. Like I, yeah. I addressed the the situation on my social media like the day after it happened, and you know, for I guess for people that are listening, if you don't know what that situation was,
0: <laughs> long story short,
2: um, I was playing, I was playing a show and. Uh, you know, I was already kind of frustrated because we, we were, we were headlining. So I was really excited. Like this is one of my first like big headlining festivals in Canada. And, um, due to a number of things, um, we were running really late. And so we already had come- kind of a late set to begin with especially when you're at a festival where people are there starting at like two o'clock and drinking in the heat since two o'clock it's like people are not staying up late you know so we started late so we already had like less of an audience than I was hoping for because a lot of people or people had kids that had to leave whatever and we finally get into it we're having a great time and I'm talking and I'm, I'm tuning my guitar and I'm introducing a song and then I hear this guy yell out show me your tits and I I, when I first heard it, I was like, did I just hear that? So I'm like, okay, I didn't, I was like, whatever, didn't say anything, kept doing my thing. And then he yells it again, even louder. And I said, okay, uh. I said, so put the lights out on. I said, who said that? Like crickets. I was like, no, no, no. Like you, you want to be tough about who said it? If you said it like fucking own it, you know? And everybody like points at this one guy. And I said, Ooh. you, and, and, and I said, get the fuck out and he starts he starts chirping back at me i said no get the fuck out i said you this is not this is not a fucking strip club and i am not a stripper i mean shit if i was i'd probably be making more money you know but i don't i don't get you know i do not get up here yep. and 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 pour my heart and soul and everything i have into these songs to have what i do be degraded to show me yep. your tits so get the fuck out and it was like and I went on this rant and honestly I can't even remember everything I said I was just I saw red I do know that I said fuck probably about 10 times (laughs) in the span of a minute she she
1: said she said fuck and then she said motherfucker (laughs)
2: i did yes. say mother i said, said fuck mother, you motherfucker yeah. get the
1: fuck out that's Amazing. that's when i stood up the first time i watched the video that's when i stood up and literally was like yes, Whoa, yes. <laughs> she, i watched it yeah. and was just
0: like i was applauding you. <laughs> yeah i was just like this girl because you know what that doesn't happen to men
2: well and you know what it, 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 I mean, there, sometimes it, it does, you know, sometimes like, but like not as much for sure. And no. it's just like, it's just not, it's just not the same like scenario. It like, and it was, it was humiliating when you're standing oh, there yeah. up there on stage and you are like standing up there like feeling like a badass, like, hell yeah, this is my show. I'm headlining. The audience is having fun. You're having a good time. And you're like, that is your job. If a guy walked into a boardroom and, looked at a woman across the table and said show me your tits like would that be acceptable absolutely Absolutely not not. and that's and that's what pissed me off is that you know when all that happened so that video ended up just like going viral and I wasn't even I didn't even post it and I didn't even know that it had been posted and one of my friends calls me one morning he's like dude he's like you're you're a fucking badass I was like thanks like what are you (laughs) what are you talking about he's like that video and I was like what video and he tells me and I'm like my first thought was like oh shit like my label's gonna see this like I'm gonna be in so much trouble like this is so bad and I mean quite my label calls me and they're like we love you and we support you and that was badass and I was like you're not mad they're like hell no they're like that amazing. is disgusting and we we're proud of you you stood up for yourself you stood up for other women and yes. you know the language is irrelevant and that was the thing it was like some people said something about the language and I said you know what if my seriously. language is what you find to be most offensive about this situation <laughs> yeah. you are part of the problem no, like seriously that makes no sense come on and and you know what and and I had so much support, you know, within the industry and and within amazing. like the media and every and everybody was so supportive and it was amazing and I I was like, wow, like maybe this world is headed in a better direction and I felt really good about it until I found Facebook and oh. I saw the woman who had posted this video, someone that worked with my manager's mom had seen it and said, "Hey, um, I came across this on Facebook. Like, I felt like maybe you and Megan should know about this and what some of these people are saying. And I, 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 I honestly, I don't even know if I want to, like, read you some of the things that, that people said, but it was disgusting and disturbing. I mean, you're talking about your nose. One guy kept talking about my knees and how ugly my knees were and how I must spend what? a lot of time on them. <gasps> and I was like, mother, they're fucking knees, bro. Like, oh yeah, they're scarred. God. You know what? why my knees are scarred because i'm a fucking athlete because i play sports and i hurt myself sometimes what do you do Uh. little keyboard warrior sitting in your mom's basement typing shit to me get the fuck out of here you know and like all these people saying wow she's she's a you sound like a whore you look like a whore and you can't even fucking sing and get off your high horse like who do you think you are and i said i don't know a woman worthy of respect And being treated professionally in a professional situation when I'm up on stage doing my job like people forget that that is my job that stage is my place of work and if you wouldn't walk into somebody's office and say something like that then you shouldn't say it in the stage Mm -hmm. I don't care how drunk you are we're all adults like we're past the I was drunk excuses if you can't handle yourself get the fuck out and you know what it's my show And it's my situation, and these are my fans. And if you are ruining it for everybody because you can't be respectful, then you
0: can fucking leave. Yep. And yeah, I I don't understand how people can just think that that's okay. I remember a situation where where I was, I used to play Broadway, Crazy Town, Saturday night, closing shift. Oh, God, I can't even imagine. Oh, my gosh, it was brutal. And there was one night, this is actually what made me quit playing there, um, playing on Broadway in general, I was wearing this really cute outfit. It, 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 regardless, it doesn't matter how short my skirt was. I was wearing a skirt. It wasn't short, but <laughs> this man was drunk, sat on the stage, was not getting off of the stage, and then proceeded to take his phone with the camera open and put it under my skirt. No. On stage. Oh, on my stage. God. On and I had the band stop, and I kind of did a similar thing to you. I was like, this fucker just decided to film up my skirt, get him the fuck out. And people were just like, oh, my God. And they're grabbing him, and they're just—it was it was the most mortifying situation that I've ever I am shaking right now because oh. I am so mad. That is disgusting. Yeah, it's awful. And the, the, the asshole deleted the video before—because had he still had the video on his phone— the cops would have taken him to jail like that's that's yeah. illegal. you can't do that but mm-hmm. he unfortunately didn't have the video on his phone any further but i just remember feeling like i needed to take 20 showers and i got off yep. stage and i was just i know that crying. feeling crying i was just crying off, like off stage and they're like you can you can take a second and it's just like the fact that people think that that's even anywhere near okay to do when you're on a stage in front of hundreds of people Like, how dare these... It just... Oh, oh, so I seriously applaud you for standing up and for saying something, because a lot of people wouldn't. A lot of people would just kind of ignore it and just be like uh whatever it's a dude same thing in my situation it's like i'm sure guys have done that shit to other girls on broadway Uh on a constant basis but we need to start standing up and being yes this guy because you can't no if you don't hold people
2: accountable then they won't change why would they change exactly like don't this whole this whole like oh boys will be boys fuck that boys should be men Boys thank should be men. Yes, <laughs> like not boys will be boys, boys should be no. men and they should be exactly. respectful. And the same Throw I mean, if, if a woman if a woman did that, it would be just as disgusting and just as unacceptable. The bottom line exactly. is is that when you are doing your job, you should not have your your safety or your confidence broken down by somebody treating you like anything less than a than a working professional and you know this whole thing of like it just pissed me off so much like people saying you know what what like whatever like get over yourself like that's part of your job that's what you signed up I I said no the fuck I didn't I'm sorry let me reiterate let me reiterate once more for you I am not a fucking stripper I did not sign up for this, and it is not part of my job.
0: It is not at all. I, I, know, at all. I know that Ugh. that
1: it happens for men. It happens to men too. It doesn't happen, for, which, which it's sad to say that it does not happen as much for men as it does for women. But yeah. when, it, when me saying that, I know there was another video that went viral, I want to say 10 years ago. I'm dating myself because I feel like. <laughs> This was like on their like their second solo solo tour. Someone had groped Tim McGraw.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yes, someone yeah. actually-
1: and uh-huh. and Faith Hill came out, and everyone has this image of Faith Hill of being yeah. the girl next door, you know, down home Southern girl who's just a sweetheart. Yeah, what yeah. They, what people don't realize about people from the South is is that yes, they have that Southern hospitality. But they also have a mean streak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Fuck you
0: up. Um, yep.
1: And I think it took every ounce, of, I, at least from the video, I can, it took every ounce of her being for her to not jump off the fucking stage. Yep. Yeah. Because she went off... Not as badly as, as as Megan Patrick did, but <laughs> I wish she had. Uh, I'm no
2: Faith Hill. Listen, yeah. I'm no Faith Hill. I,
1: I wish Girl. she had. But yeah. she went off on this woman from the stage.
0: Good. I remember that. And
1: she did it with, and I'm not saying Megan didn't do it class, but she did it with class, meaning that yeah. she did it while she was singing a song <laughs> and continued to sing the song while she's cursing this woman yeah. out. Yeah. That is a talent. It yeah. Really <laughs> Seriously. It really
0: is. It's crazy. That
1: is a talent.
0: Yeah. yeah. It just goes to show that, like, people in, in the music industry, on the stage, people in the spotlight, we're just... Men and women get objectified on a constant mm-hmm. basis. And it's like, yeah. that's something that definitely... And it happens more so for women and to a higher degree, of course, because yeah. is, women is a is as a read if you will right. are just objectified more so but it's like I've never really thought about it that way just we artists are objects to a lot of
2: This no it's very true and it's it's like you reach a certain point when you reach a certain level of like I don't know if fame is the right word, but, like, you have a certain amount of followers and you've reached a certain point in your career.
0: Yeah.
2: You you really, it's like you're not a real person all of a sudden to people. It's like, and and they think that, and I I don't know if some people, you know, for example, like, you know, when they say mean stuff on the internet, it's like, I don't know if maybe they assume that, like, you won't see it, like, You don't you know look at your own social media or something like you're too big to like read the comments or whatever i can tell you i read the comments i i I see them all you know or my team sees it and i think honestly i think sometimes i've seen (laughs) i'm pretty sure like there's been times where i've seen something like mean and then i'll go i'll go back to it and it'll be gone so i think my team also tries to you know protect me from that as well because because I think they also are trying to protect me from myself because they know if, if you catch me on the wrong day I'm gonna go off on on them yeah and yeah. and I'm gonna I'm gonna say something back I mean most days I just you know I try I'll just block and delete or whatever let it roll off yeah. my shoulders but some days you catch me and I'm like huh all right let me roll up my sleeves <laughs> let go. me know what I think about that <laughs> you know yeah, exactly. and my team my team t- is just sitting there like oh my god again, 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 again. you know <laughs>
1: No, no, no. no stop but, it no no, no, no. Yeah. It no do
2: do but I'll, I'll say this I I am very very grateful to have a team around me that has always supported me they know who I am you know they know what they know what they signed up for and yeah. um, they let they let me be me and most importantly they have my back they had my back when that whole thing blew up and I was getting backlash you know be, whether it was people didn't like that I spoke up for myself or they didn't like that I said fuck a lot you know whatever you know my my label stood up for me and they had my back and that that is sometimes rare because you know a lot of labels are just about that bottom line that money and they don't want you to do anything that can take away from that and my label cares about me as a human being and as an artist and I'm very very grateful for that and you know and and I now you know it's just it's rare to find that so I'm glad that that they have my back and that because you, you need to have people that you can trust. I've also had people that I couldn't trust on my team. I've seen both sides of it. And it, it was just, it was a nightmare because you know, the the thing, the thing that some people don't realize too, is like when you're an artist, I mean, when you're working, you've got your whole team, you've got, you know, you've got your label, you've got your management, you've got your, your promoters, your, your agents, your band, like all this stuff. And the reality is, is that, you know, if things don't work out, if you don't, you know, if you don't blow up, if you don't succeed, all those people are just going to go work for another artist, but yeah. you like, that's it. That's all you get. You know, you can't just like go find another job. It doesn't work that way. So, you know, the pressure is on you and and you have the most to lose because this is you get one shot. Whereas everybody else, they can all go find another job. They can all go find another artist to manage, another artist to sign, another artist to play for, you know, and so it's, and it's, it's your name on the line, it's your face, it's your reputation, and, you know, especially now it's like, shit, some days I'm scared to say anything on the internet because the cancel culture is just out there waiting to pounce. And it's like, it kind of, it feels like, it feels like damned if you do and damned if you don't, you know, and that's why I'll be honest, you know, if if, if you follow me, you'll probably notice I haven't been on social media as much, especially through the quarantine because I am a very outspoken person and I'm very direct and I'm very blunt and some people don't like that. And, you know, I, I struggle all the time with, you know, wanting to speak my mind, but also recognizing that I'm running a business and this is my livelihood and I can't, you know, bite the hand that feeds. And that's something I struggle with every day. You know, wanting is, to be real and authentic, but also not wanting to like shoot myself in the foot. And,
1: and, <laughs> Definitely. And me and you, we I mean we we've had a hour long conversation about that as well. You know, when every, yeah. when everything all everything was happening in the world mm-hmm. at the beginning of this whole quarantine thing. Um you know, and I, I think I told you it, when you have people who are close to you, and you're in, you're a public figure. As we, as we, as we have accomplished, people or your fans, they look at you as an artist, but as a an object. Yeah. Um. But as long as the people who are around you and your team, and and people who actually follow you, and are the hardcore fans, mm-hmm. they're going to, or at least they should. They should know you by now as a person who you are. Yeah. And they should know that, you know, you believe in the right and the wrong and the good and the bad mm-hmm. and they it, and can kind of lean towards what, you know, you believe, what your beliefs are. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people forget is that, you know, not everyone has to say shit. Yeah. Not everyone needs to share their opinion. Yeah. On well, every we, damn we talked thing. about that.
2: Yeah. And we talked about that because you know, and we I I remember talking to you about this because you know when when the the Black Lives Matter thing mm-hmm. really kind of blew up on social media and there was a blackout Tuesday and everything. I think you know a lot of artists were feeling a lot of pressure and and I know you know a lot of these artists. I know them. They're good people. They're not racist people. Right. You know they they have good hearts. They have good morals. They treat everybody the same. You know, and. Um, But I think, you know, it it bothered me a little bit that there also became this like pressure from social media and other people for artists to speak out. And you have to say something. And if you don't say something, then you're against us. And the reality is, is that not everybody is is educated enough on some of these issues. Not everybody has done the research or knows enough about these issues to speak eloquently on them. And having a platform means you have responsibility. And if you don't feel like you are able to say something that is going to have a positive impact or that is factually correct or that is that is in depth enough that it's going to have an impact, then you shouldn't feel pressure to just say something just to say something. Just to say it. Yeah. You know, and, and that, was, that was the problem. I know a lot of artists we're like scared. They're like, I'm not racist, but I just I don't know what to say. I love I love my black friends. I love my black industry people. You know, I just don't know what to say and how to say it the right way. I don't know enough about this, but I feel like if I don't say something, everybody's going to hate me. And you know, and and that's the thing is not not every we're not all studied in like, you know, social issues and all of that. Some we're artists. We write songs. That's what we do. And I think it is more detrimental to speak out on a large platform with incorrect information or or bad information or something that's going to have a mm-hmm. negative impact yep. than to say nothing, yep. and you know if you want to if you choose to be silent and retreat and say okay I'm going to learn I'm going to do some reading I'm going to do some research and, and I'm going to talk to my friends that's better than than I, saying the wrong I, thing and I,
1: and I think I think that that mentality was missed by everybody I think that yeah, I, I think that people especially when it comes to that Blackout Tuesday and we talked about this before mm-hmm. the Blackout Tuesday thing it was a cool marketable idea mm-hmm. um, I followed along with it obviously but my my question behind it and I explained this to you what was being done behind the scenes all you saw was um Oh, let's do hashtag blackout Tuesday. And then you have this black square on your Instagram and everything like that. But at the yeah. same time, it was like, okay, but what does that mean? What does that mean? What are you doing yeah. to yeah. educate? It's great that you're supporting the cause, but what are you doing to educate yourself on the police brutality, on the on the racial injustice, on yeah. everything that's going on, the history of it and everything that's going on now with it. What are you doing to educate yourself? Because there are things that you can learn that you didn't learn in school.
0: Correct. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And and, you, well, and you as history, there's things you didn't learn. I, there's, a yes. whole, there's a whole lot of things as a black man that I didn't learn.
2: yeah Yeah. well and that's why that's why I when I texted you and I said hey can we talk yeah you know and to me I felt like the most important thing that I can learn was to talk directly to my black friends Mm -hmm. and be like what do you think about this tell me how you feel about this and again and and i'll and i'll be clear it is not your job you mm-hmm. know to to educate me or anything but i do think that is it's important to be able to just have conversations with your black friends about their experiences and how Absolutely. they feel about things and just be open and just listen you know and yeah. and and educate yourself in that way from you know from the horse's mouth so to speak and right. their own experiences right. And, and it's like, so that's, that's what I did. I, you know, I watched some of the, the suggested documentaries. I read some books. I had in-depth conversations with my black friends from all walks of life, whether they were artists or athletes or whatever it was. And that was the most important thing to me, I think was to do that. And you know what? I didn't post about any of it on social media because you know that's just that wasn't the point of it for me it wasn't the point of it wasn't to show everybody else hey look what i'm doing it was to actually learn and and i think yeah. that society needs to stop thinking that just because you don't post something on social media yeah. that you're not doing it you know or that you're not, that you're not doing good
1: Absolutely. So with that being said, because we're getting close, this, this is what happened last time. <laughs> this is what happened last time. We, we get into so many... Uh, topics with with this one this is one this is the conversation where it's like uh I'm going to just let this go we have a full interview prep here
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking at this interview prep and I was like none of this is
1: good none of this for, is good enough for, for, for what I'm conversation sorry. To but no no I this, just, this, the train. This, this, this is this is this is and this is great because now you are for season three going to be the only artist that will have two parts next week join us again for part two of this episode with Canadian CMA and Juno award-winning artist Megan Patrick